He talks as the man of his age talks. That is, with rude wit, a lively sense of the grotesque, a disgust for sham, and a contempt for pettiness. So he sounds like, Hi, pull my finger. Yeah, sure enough. Hit the theme music! Yeah, pull my finger. Yeah, yeah can't you see <laughs> Elliot Gould saying that? Elliot Gould. Uh, or Dick Powell? Uh, what's his name? Marlowe is Powers just a, Booth? A huge, uh, Powers Booth, the famous uh, Chandler character. Well, no, Powers Booth played Marlowe in a TV show. In what TV show? A TV show about Marlowe. Which one? I forget what it's called. All right. Uh, did, is that where he also got his fucking name from? <laughs> yeah, Powers Booth, yeah, okay. Nemesis. Welcome, listener readers. Hello, everyone. To Slow Readers, America's fast-paced literature podcast. Heck yeah. Here, the conversation is always on books. It's always on motorcycles zooming the fuck by. It's wow. always on some fucking excite bike action going on. Excite bike. It's always on... Nonfiction essays. Super duper. Th- it's called Philip Marvel. Philip Marvel. Philip Marvel. Marlowe. Hey, Private Eye. That's, that's a t- what. That's Powers- a title. You need to make it. <laughs> Powers Booth played him in that show what on HBO. That? What was that one you said earlier? <laughs> you said in 1983. something. 1983. Yeah, I forgot what it was. 1983, huh? Yeah. Wow. That's wait. How old is HBO? Of uh, quite old. You listened to that Business Wars episode. Yeah, back when it was like basically static and like basically Arliss. nothing. Yeah, Arliss. And Arliss. It was, Ar- it was Arliss. Starring Sandra O. Oh. Uh, well, <laughs> dear listeners, I'm just going to intro the show twice. Sure. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, Gabriel, who and what are you? Hello, everyone. My name is Gabe Mar... That, Hello, everyone. That was My our trusty is... <laughs> sidekick, uh, the microphone, which had to like just kind of sharply cut in. Old there. clangy, the robot arm. Old, old clangy, the robot arm. Big old clangers. He, he needs a drink. Here, one second, clanging. Let me get you a wine. Thank you, Daniel. You're welcome. I'm sorry, Gabriel, that the arm uh, interrupted you. Hey, ain't no thing. Uh, shut up, Clangy, all right? You've had enough. Clangy. I'm sure he'll come in now and then. Death is not fast enough. Gabriel, who and what are you? Hi, everyone. My name is Gabe Mara. I'm a comedian every now and again. I'm a writer and a podcast producer, and I tend the bar if you're lucky enough to catch me. Daniel, my co-host, who are you? I am Daniel Gonzalez. Gonzalez, Gonzalez. An audio producer, editor, writer, and an author. And a man of double Z's. And a man of double Z's. Just like the top. Because that is that is a thing. There's obviously different spellings of Gonzalez and For whatnot. sure. Mine is the double Z. Mm-hmm. Like a cool motherfucker. Sure. Yeah. I mean, seriously, if you had a choice between Z's or no new, uh, Dude, S's or two, Z's. Two Z's every time. Yeah, totally. I mean, that, that, that's like a no-brainer. Also, specifically, no punctuation. Mm. There's no accents in that. Yeah, technically, that's kind of how Gonzalez. Gonzalez, yeah, technically, it's how it is. Salis. There's also al- there's alternate pronunciations. Again, the guy from M83 is Anthony Gonzalez. Uh, double Z's, no punctuation. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, I would rather take the form with uh, no punctuation. Yeah, and the guy from Looney Tunes is Speedy Gonzalez. To be honest, I don't. I also, uh, well, first off, both Speedy and also my my mother's family don't uh, have accents in Gonzalez. Oh. Yeah. Well, so I mean, I, yeah. Again, I'm not, it's not something I pull out of my ass. That's my that's no. I mean, <laughs> not to go into a whole lengthy thing about linguistics. Yeah, how often do you see Gonzalez of, of accents? Because it, it, it like the way Spanish works. There's that rule of pronunciation where odds are, if it ends of an s or it ends of like a vowel, the emphasis is on the second last um uh, syllable. Mm-hmm. So no one says Gonzalez or Gonzalez. It's Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Um, honestly, I do. I do think it is also an Amer- Americanization where I think in America we don't like to put punk, uh, 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 accents. accents in our names. Like, like how many dicks out there in the history of the world were like Gonzales? Gonzales. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, what's what's the actual pronunciation if you saw, saw it for the first time? Houston or Houston? 
That's a true. And you know what? We're going to let the both the city and the uh, and the uh, main avenue in New York City uh, kind of uh, contest that and duke it out by themselves. And our listeners, if you know for a fact, send us an email at topgallantradio at gmail.com. Yes. Uh, use the subject line. Uh, hey, I listened to your show and had something about the Houston thing. Um, or subject, wish I could give the zero stars. <laughs> wish I could zero stars. Uh, that's the headline. Ellipses. Main body ellipses. These guys are idiots. Yes. I roll emoji. <laughs> I roll emoji. You know what? I haven't seen any new uh, Johnny No Thumbs. It's mm. been a while since I checked. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm talking about the infamous reviewer out there. Yes. Johnny um, No Thumbs, a wonderful reviewer on iTunes. Yes. Who go around, goes around kind of <laughs> like reviewing podcasts with mostly like um, eye roll emojis, a lot of ellipses, and just the right amount of tood. Just just the right amount of tood. I mean, basically, I imagine Johnny No Thumbs just being like a real fucking cool dude with like... And bandana tied around his head. Yes. Uh, skateboard, totally. Like Kung Fury? Uh, shorts that go just slightly below his knees. Only slightly? Only slightly. Whoa. And yeah, no, but seriously, uh, a very entertaining reviewer. If you go to Slow Readers on uh, Apple Podcasts, you'll see his awesome review of us, which honestly I love. And also, if you click at his names, you can look at his other reviews, and they're very entertaining. Yes. Yes. Gabriel, yes, Daniel. This is a long way around to say that we have something to talk about. Sure is. This is a real literature podcast. This is a real literature podcast. We don't need to tell them that. We've been. This is a real literature show. This time we did. So, uh, yeah, we've been going on for a while. How long? Yeah, we've been going for a while. Whatever. Fucking, I don't care. <laughs> I was drunk. Hey, I started with the Marlowe talk. True. I, and I started uh, uh, talking about that thing. Mm. Anyway, so <laughs> Gabriel, what about Chandler Bing. We had we had kind of like a mixed space here. I think last time we said that we we're gonna do like a short story that you, uh-huh. that you were gonna pick. My pick, Gabriel. What did you end up picking? I picked an essay of literary criticism. Mm. I'm always one to play outside the box. Gabriel, what did you pick? I selected the 1950 essay by Raymond Chandler entitled "The Simple Art of Murder," one of the most famous and well celebrated works of literary criticism. Yeah, you know. Also, I forgot to I forgot to check that out when I was reading it. Like, what year this came out? It came out in 1950, like yes. officially. That there were a couple. There was he published it initially in the Atlantic Monthly in 1944, okay. but that was a different version of it. The final version was released in 1950 with in a book called. The Simple Art of Murder, including this essay and all the short stories about Philip Marlowe before the big sleep. That's cool. Um, so yeah, so this this essay was a long time coming, but before we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, Gabriel. Yeah. Uh, how much did you know about like how familiar are you with the works of Raymond Chandler before obviously doing research for this show right now? Perfectly honestly, not much. I don't think I've actually read anything of his. Mm-hmm. I've seen many many of the movies. I'm a big fan of his work there. Um, Big Sleep. Somehow I forgot I saw that movie. I saw it in school and then I rented it. Then I saw it, saw it again. I was like, oh shit, I did see this movie, it, the Humphrey Bogart version. Um, gosh, what else have I seen? Um, the Long Goodbye, the, the Goodbye. Elliot Gould movie is one of my absolute favorites. Awesome movie, that amazing is really movie, like really. really a perfect encapsulation of what Chandler's all about. Also, it it is yeah, you're right. It's the perfect like if, encapsulation. If Altman didn't read this essay yeah. before making that movie. I'd eat my hat. <laughs> it is the perfect encapsulation without like existing in that obvious style. You imagine the Marlowe mm-hmm. character would like hardball noir would exist in. Yeah, but it's it's exactly what it needs to be for that yes. story. So, but yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. that's 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 um what about you what's your history of chandler uh very much the same gabriel i don't know if you're aware of this last year and i barely remember this happened and i don't remember actually mm. reading it was it the accident i've read yeah the big sleep by raymond chandler oh you did for I this I show that. with our old buddy oh, ryan. ryan snyder correct you did do that ryan snyder is a 
or is a huge, huge fan yes. of uh, Raymond Chandler. Mm-hmm. And like he basically, and I remember, and I don't remember, I barely remember reading that book. I kind of sped read it. And I think I, I don't even know if I read all of it. Sure. But like I was, in, I don't remember what I was going on. I was super distracted and whatever. That's but fair. Every fucking time that like I remember or read bits from Raymond Chandler, uh, I kick myself on the ass for not like reading him more. For not paying attention? For not paying attention, for not reading more. And again, like, um, I'm sure I, or I bet Ryan hadn't read this mm-hmm. too. So like, it would have been cool for him to like, kind of get that kind of peek. And I don't know if he's really that, if he was ever really that interested in like art criticism or whatever, but mm, eh, he was a bit of an enigma, but, but he you know, loved Raymond Chandler. Though. Yeah. I'm Ryan Snyder. The um, co-host of sex and violence are now defunct show. Rest in peace, Ryan. Rest in peace, Ryan. Pour one out for your homie. Yeah, yeah, he would, he would, he would love this, this, this kind of wry examination of like uh, Chandler's own genre. From oh yeah, Chandler that guy himself. was all about debating art. That was his thing. I don't know, I don't know if he was down for reading a long-winded explanation about what is realism in detective fiction. True that, Gabriel. Yeah. So like, so now that we both kind of admit that, also, uh, yeah, um, I, I'm also like a lot of people more familiar with Chandler from like the movies that from Bogart. Based on. And what, have you seen um the, the movie The Big Sleep? I, I saw The Big Sleep, and I remember kind of just being like, wow, this movie's nuts. Uh-huh. Uh, but that's like all I really remember. Yeah, uh, and I love Humphrey Bogart in the few movies I've seen him in. Uh, and uh, and yeah, like you, I'm a huge fan of that '70s, like 1973 ish. Yeah, uh, The Big Sleep, which uh, took the the one main character and made him to like an Ernest Hemingway type at the end of his life. Yeah, kind of thing, which is kind of different from the source. Oh material, gosh, what's the actor's name again? Sub- Sterling Hayden. Yeah, Hayden it's, Sterling. It's not Sterling Silliphant. It's Hayden Sterling. Hayden, S- Hayden Sterling. Sterling, Sterling Hayden. <laughs> Shit, which is the last name? I think it's Sterling Hayden. I think it's Sterling Hayden. Yeah, he, he's like a, a legendary actor. He was in uh, Doctor Strangelove, and he was almost he was uh, very much uh, in The Godfather. Yeah, he was the police chief who gets assassinated by yeah uh, the one who Pacino's like character. who like yeah completely disfigures like Michael's face. Oh, fucks him up. Sterling. <laughs> Sterling Hayden. It's, it's um Sterling K. Brown. That's his name. Sterling came Brown? Sterling K. Brown. <laughs> Shut up. No, Sterling Hayden. <laughs> you had me for a second. I was like, Sterling K. Brown's his name? Sterling Hayden. Sterling Hayden, okay. As Papa. As 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 a Papa. Yes. Not the Papa. God, I love that movie. So Hon- I love what's it called, Long Goodbye. Honestly, top two depictions of Ernest Hemingway that technically wasn't yeah. Ernest Hemingway. It's that and Corey Stahl in, in uh, Midnight in Paris. <laughs> totally. Haven't seen it yet. <laughs> Can, yeah. Not realistic at all. It's just like how exactly how the cartoon character you have of him. Cartoon Papa. Hemingway. Perfect. Um, Gabriel. Yep. That said. Do us do do me a solid, okay? Inform me about Raymond Chandler. Sure. So I did a bunch of research on Raymond Chandler. Unfortunately, much like any of our older authors, guy is very interesting. There's a lot to his life. Yeah, I'm gonna try is. and breeze through this as quickly as possible because there's a lot here. Okay. And I actually have a few passages from the essay that I'd like to read to you. Gabriel, eat your heart out. I oh, mean, that's a lot. Um, Fuck. Oh well, no, that's just two paragraphs. Okay. But then, just re- okay, okay. Yeah, no. But the rest of his information is kind of general. Let's see here. Raymond Thornton Chandler, born in Chicago on July 23rd, 1888. He died of pneumonia in La Jolla, California, near San Diego, in March 26th of 1959. There's complications to pneumonia. Good for him. Yes. So, all that, blah, blah, blah. So, he became a detective fiction writer after he lost his job as an oil company executive during the Great Depression. He was (laughs) fired because of, uh, let me see here, I wrote it down, because it was very, very like, like, all right, buddy. He was dismissed from the Dabney Oil Syndicate as vice president because because of uh, his alcoholism, absenteeism, mm-hmm. promiscuity of female employees, and threats of suicide. Oh, Raymond wow. was not a well man. Okay. Yes. Um, he published seven <laughs> novels during his lifetime, and he had a last one in progress that mm-hmm. was finished afterwards by Robert B. Parker. Um, let's see here. 
His yep. first story was Black Mailers Don't Shoot, published in 1933 in Black Mask, the famous popular pulp magazine. He was 45. <laughs> well, you, you right there? Yeah, I'm sorry. No, I was actually going to say the same thing. It's like, yeah, he, he, so he started pretty late, huh? Yeah, no, yeah. he, um, so there's a great story about that actually here. Hold okay. on. <laughs> um, gosh, I know I wrote it down here. Okay, here we go. So, while he was born in Chicago and spent the first few years of his life in Nebraska, Chandler and his family actually moved to London. He was naturalized as a British citizen. (laughs) He um, took the civil service examination to be like a bureaucrat, but he hated it, and so he became a journalist. Where He wrote for the paper, he wrote reviews, and he wrote poetry. There, he met the poet and author Richard Barham Middleton, who was a famous poet and author who fucking killed himself out of despair. And after that, um, Chandler was one of those people who was like, wow, if... Middleton can't make it. There's no way I can make it. So that's so he he, he didn't write again until he was 45 and lost his job in the Great Depression. Wow. Yeah, he he like got a very late start. And his first novel, The Big Slate, was in published in 1939 at age 49. So listeners, it's never too late. Get on that high horse. And also, if that what is his name? Middle what? It was uh Richard Barham Middleton. And if Middleton can't make it, you know what? Fuck maybe him. you can. Yeah, maybe <laughs> you can. Maybe you can supersede him. Who yeah. Gives a shit? This fucking guy. So he moved to LA in 1913. Uh, he like did a bunch of like odd jobs in the creamery, and then but before but then after that, he uh, went to Vancouver and fought in France in World War One. Hey. He was training to be part of the RAF when the war ended, mm-hmm. which is kind of wild. But then he returned to LA and he met his wife Sissy, who was a married woman and like eight years his senior. So he began writing. He was a bookkeeper. Blah 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 blah. Oh, here's a great story of um how he began writing. It was during during the Great Depression. He was just like he was like studying like the Perry Mason stories. Here's what he wrote to his publisher in 1950. Mm-hmm. Wandering up and down the Pacific Coast in an automobile, I began to read pulp magazines because they were cheap enough to throw away, and because I never had any time at any time any taste for the kind of thing which is known as women's magazines. <laughs> this was in the great days of the Black Mask, if I may call them great days, and it struck me that some of the writing was pretty forceful and honest, forceful and honest, even though it had its crude aspect. I decided that this might be a good way to try to learn to write fiction and get paid a small amount of money at the same time. I spent five months over an 18,000-word novelette. Here's your favorite word, Daniel. Novelette. sold it for $180. After that, I never looked back, although I had a good many uneasy periods looking forward. <laughs> so moving forward from there, um, he had a great career in Hollywood. Well, you know, he uh, a bunch of his movies was made, a bunch of books made in the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, he collaborated on the script for Hitchcock's Strangers on a Train, mm-hmm. but the two clashed terribly, especially after Hitchcock heard that Chandler called him, quote, that fat bastard. <laughs> Which is just so good. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, most famously, Chandler um, co-wrote the script to Double Indemnity of Billy Wilder based on the James and Kane story. And, you know, according to um, Will Wilder himself, uh, all the good dialogues were written by Chandler. And that's coming from Billy Wilder, one of the greatest screenwriters in the history of cinema. And also a very, very petty man who clearly, like, liked, wasn't afraid of showing his contempt for people around him. Mm-hmm. He was the person, wasn't he the guy, and uh, maybe I'm botching this, when uh, he lost the Academy Award for like screenwriting or something else, he like tried to trip that person on Who, the Wilder? carpet. I think so. I don't think so. I think it was him. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I don't know, but I've, I've heard stories of that and whatnot, and also yeah, I, I don't know if, you, if you're going to tell, if you're exactly going to say this kind of thing, but yeah, no, I love the stories about uh, Chandler and uh, uh, Chandler Wilder. in Hollywood? And, and Chandler and, and Wilder, because like they're mm-hmm. both just like like, you'd figure that they would that they're peas in a pod, but they're com- they're complete opposites. In oh yeah, I mean yeah. Billy Wilder, one of my heroes. He had a wild life mm. that like much like Nabokov, his like English was his second language. Like no, he learned it like as a third language, and he's one of the greatest writers of the English language. Mm-hmm. 
just kind of fucking bonkers. Um, so I was wrapping this up. Sissy Chandler unfortunately died in 1954, and um, Raymond Chandler spiraled horribly downwards, deeper, further in alcoholism, um, depression, and attempted suicide. Moved to La Jolla and died of pneumonia. His tombstone shirt of Sissy reads, "Dead men are heavier than broken hearts," which is a quote from The Big Sleep and one of Ryan Snyder's favorite quotes. Yes. And that's all the um, all research I did on Dear Mr. Raymond Chandler. Oh, I thought you had two paragraphs to read. Oh, no, that's from the essay itself. Oh, okay, okay. No problem. And, uh, okay, yeah, no, thanks for, yeah, thanks for that, Gabriel. Again, like, I, it's like, Shan- it's like all the Raymonds, Chandler and Carver are the people who, like, every time I read, I read uh-huh. them, I'm always just like, God damn it! Yeah. I should be doing this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Daniel, if you wrote a Chandler-esque kind of, like, thing like that, I'd be like, wow, solid. Yeah, and, uh, it's, it's very deceptive. Also, because, um... Uh, I love the way that Chandler writes. Mm-hmm. He has, it. it isn't like, yeah, as we'll, we'll get into hard boiled academic, hard boiled academic, but it's also very it's, punchy. It's closer to poetry than, oh, sure. than like probably a lot of other like writers within like this kind of thing and whatnot. Like again, like dead, what dead men weigh are, what was that again? <laughs> dead men are heavier than broken hearts. Yeah. Like, Frequently misattributed to Chandler Bing. Yes. And like, uh, like something like that, it, it, that's just like in a, like a prose novel, a detective story and whatnot. Yeah. And like his McCarthy no- could have written that. His novels are essentially written in that language. Like mm-hmm. it's very plain. It's very straightforward. It's very punchy. Um, apparently, even in his nonfiction essay, it is this wonderful poetic mix of like very plain spoken language mixed with cynicism mm-hmm. and just like like. He's clearly not afraid to show in like a very low key but very blunt way yeah. his intelligence. Yeah. Um it's pretty great. Yeah, it is. And like he he's a hell of a fucking writer, basically. Mm-hmm. So uh Gabriel, uh all that said, yeah. uh, can you tell us what is the simple what the fuck is it called? The simple art of murder. Simple art of murder. Uh which by the way, we read off of a link that you uh shared with me and whatnot yes. online. Well, actually, Daniel, um, I'm uh I'll I'll quickly tell you just a funny little tidbit. Then okay. I'm gonna make you tell me what this thing's about. Okay. Um, not gonna do a good job, but all right. Well, that's fine. Yeah. Then then I'll just punch in with you. Uh, I've dear friend of the show Ibrahim sent me this essay. Oh chick. Oh oh chick. Oh chick. Oh chick. Okay. Or Omar. Whatever. Or Omar. Yeah, they're calling him Omar. Dear Ibrahim. Ibrahim. He sent me this essay approximately seven years ago. Okay. It's been in my phone as one of my bookmarks for seven years. Mm-hmm. And I never read it until today, even though I'm a big fan of um, Bogart and Marlowe and all these stories. It, it, you know, I just dragged my feet because I'm an asshole. No, I, it's, it's, I feel like I've had, I would have, I regularly clean my phone based on bookmarks. If one for that, there have been things that I, you know, um, I still in a similar way, um, I think in like 20, like 15 or whatever it was, Cormac McCarthy published like a, an, an essay on the the unconscious mind and language. Cool. Um, it was like the first thing that he literally published since either the road or the screenplay to the counselor, mm-hmm. which were like years and years and years ago. And all of a sudden he's like, here's a nonfiction thing. And we're like, oh my God, you're alive. Uh-huh. Um, I have not read it, but I had it open my phone for years. And then at one point I was just like, I'm like, ah, whatever, I'll just bring it up another time. You and I don't have necessarily the attention for academia. We also don't. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, okay. There's also that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right. But Daniel, mm. so- uh, tell me, what is the simple art of murder about? Give us some general summarization. 
Okay, a general summarization. Of, uh, I'm going to badly do this too. Uh, cool. Is that I just want to say that this is basically Chandler described like d- kind of like having like a rhetorical conversation with like a straw man character. He mentions names and he he dishes a lot of fucking dirt on yeah. a lot of his fellow peers and extremely he popular. He a peers. lot of shade. Dorothy Sayers, even uh-huh. like uh, Agatha Christie. Yeah. Um, like a lot of uh, a lot of like legendary people. But basically, he makes an argument about like how. A couple things. First off, like realism in fiction and especially art in general, but yes. mainly talking about the the quote unquote detective story. Yeah, he says that realism is what all art should aspire to. Yes. And then he goes on to kind of deride modern back in the day detective fiction for being potboiler. Yeah. Like it's like ridiculous plots. He makes it well. Uh, Hammett. It's very prescient for today, even. Hammett is also, by the way, he's an older generation than Shannon. Oh, yeah, right? about like a decade like, or so. Like prior. slightly, right? Yeah. Okay, because like the one. I mean, the, the Glass Key, like um, uh, his most famous, like, maybe his quote unquote best work that yeah. um that uh, Chandler idolizes came out 10 years before The Big Sleep. Okay, I was going to say, like, I, I, I was assuming Hammett was definitely around in the 20s. I would have guessed maybe the 10s at the earliest. Mm. But like. Um, he makes a good point that saying that uh, detective fiction back in the day was very English and British because essentially like they were the ones who like mastered the pot boiler kind of art. The, yeah. You know, the Agatha Christie heads. Sure. Um, where basically they were like super convoluted and kind of pretentious, like like art artistic kind of things about like, oh, when like the the, the, the so-and-so lady sings at her highest note, yeah. and when the clock strikes midnight, the lights will go out and someone would have killed her with like a, like in whatever ceremonial dagger. Yeah. I don't know. Have but, you have you read any Agatha Christie? No, never. <laughs> have you seen any of her adaptations? Uh, I saw a long time ago. I saw the Sidney Lumet version of the Murder of the Orient Express. I have on that on VHS. Hey, is it a double disc? Hell double, yeah, double tape. Double, I mean. double tape? Yeah. You know it. <laughs> I love. Fuck those. yeah, it is. Uh, uh, do you? Let me ask you. Do you have? Do you have the double tape uh, edition of Lawrence of Arabia? You fucking know I do, bro. Fuck yeah, it's beautiful. Oh man, the only thing the only thing that needs to go with that is the double tape version of well the 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 the, the holy trifecta. Mm-hmm. That's, that's four. <laughs> you only have four fingers. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, Titanic, Godfather, and I'm just gonna throw it in Heat. Sure, uh, <laughs> I have Heat. Oh, that's right, you do. Yeah, I don't have Godfather though. Yeah. I want to get I want to get an, a hideous VHS copy of Seven Samurai because I, oh, st- I can't imagine back what that at the old like. Hollywood video where there was a hideous um the, like two tape copy of Seven Samurai. The cover art, not anybody from the movie. It's just a random fucking samurai guy. <laughs> Just some guy. Someone was like, just some dude. It's, it's Japanese, whatever. Yeah, and he's like kind of in this ridiculous <laughs> no pose. Oh, that's great. Daniel, please go on. Uh, okay, yeah. Speaking of which, um, speaking of samurai. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Les samurai. So he makes that that point, and probably like uh, he makes some other good points where he argues against this this point that uh, I, b- I believe it was Dorothy Sayers said this in the yeah. intro of like a uh, like an anthology of de- uh, mm-hmm. crime, her uh, own stories, bit of yeah like criticism. Where basically she said that um she she's talking about her own genre, saying that detective fiction, and I'm paraphrasing, like cannot be high art because detective fiction is escapism. Yes, and yeah, Chandler basically. Uh, not only kind of throw some shade at her for basically saying it's like yeah she's saying this because she's frustrated at her own kind of that she was that she was very bad at the detective stuff or that was like the worst stuff of her writing yeah and her best qualities of writing were the stuff that weren't detective fiction it was the stuff yeah. that had nothing to do with deduction and logic and reasoning and whatnot basically what he said was whoever smelt it dealt it essentially yeah he's it's kind of like it's kind of like saying like yeah well she's talking about herself yeah um but uh basically saying that like well 
and he makes the fine point, and I've always believed this, is that like you know all art, all like yeah, whenever you read something, crime is where she wrote this. They are, thank you. Uh, they are all forms of escapism. He makes the point. It's like when you read anything, whether it's the Bible, a book of arithmetic, uh, 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 Agatha Christie, you know, yeah, Shakespeare, uh, Merman, Her- Merman Helville. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's a band name. That's a band name, Merman, Merman Helville. Helville? <laughs> All right, <laughs> or there's a little bit of like fantasy coloring. You name your merman village Hellville, Mer- Merman Hellville. Merman Hellville. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, but like you read, send it, it to Mike McNola. You read any of them, and that's and that's entertainment. You read that. I mean, I I, I will read very dark, depressing stuff, but that's like that's entertainment sure. to me. Yeah, I, I don't read it because I want to be serious or something like yeah. not like well serious i don't know what's the way to say it but but yeah like you read it for entertain yeah all art is escapism to a degree yeah and it, yeah and to claim it's not especially a fun genre claiming they're deriding it because it is escapism is missing the point yeah and um also i mean i don't want to maybe this is getting a little too far ahead but i think no such thing perspectives on genre are like very different today than what they were probably back then. For sure. I mean, like, I'm, I'm sure you'd feel the exact same about like like the cozy mysteries today and the endless JD Robb books and it, like nonstop uh um what's uh Kellerman books. Yeah. Although Kellerman was kind of a good writer. Yeah. No. No offense <laughs> to Kellerman. Maybe maybe Robb yeah. is. I don't know. I, yeah, never, I, don't know. I never. I went her. on one date of his daughter. Yeah. Oh, Kellerman, yeah. I was, yeah. Gonna, I was just like Robb's a woman. <laughs> 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 anyway, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, but like, but it, but the thing is, like, the total, the, like the the totalism of it back in the day, where it's like the, mm. he would also like back then, like Dennis yeah, Lehane. Dennis Lehane was a, a writer of low art, you know, yeah. back back by like the fifties and forties, essentially, you mm-hmm. know, where I mean, like detective fiction to this day is still not really necessarily recognized as high art. It's beloved, though. Yeah, mystery. I mean, there's always a mystery section I don't right next know. to the romance yeah. section in the Barnes and Noble. True. It's like one of. It's probably like the longest living and beloved and well well sold yeah uh, uh, genre out there. But that was kind of his point. He feels like um here's I have a I have an excerpt that I want to read actually that kind of like explains part of his central thesis to the whole thing. Okay, that I found fascinating about about this thing or the whole thing. Should about I, about about genre and should, this thing. Should I read the third part a little bit more? Uh, oh, if you want, to, yeah, okay. go ahead first. But like I, I would say, like it kind of concludes, and now I feel like all of a sudden my mind just kind of went blank on this, but uh-huh. uh huh. But it talks about. Like this whole thing, he hardly has a nice thing. One hundred to say so. He both he both will insult somebody, uh, critique their kind of skill, and then like and then kind of say like, but we're all the same trash, whatever. You yeah, know, pretty much. Like that. That's kind he, of. He's, this is not a dickish essay. He's critical, but it's all artful and thoughtful. A lot like a lot like when we when we're in Marlowe's head and the big sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Chandler's a very cynical man. Yeah, he, but he's he, also an idealist at the same time. Yeah, it is a man, a cynical man of honor. Much like yes, that's 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 exactly what he talks about. Where, for example, he um, well, he he does have he he uh, heaps praise on the sole American that he writes about in mm-hmm. this, uh, which is Dashiell Hammett, um, writer of what's this guy's name? What's his uh, Sam Spade? Spade. He wrote you. the Maltese Falcon. Maltese Falcon, um, which is a uh, which I I saw the movie. Yeah. yeah. We both saw it. Wasn't a fan of it. No, it was a it was a proto like noir. It was yeah. like the, it was the one that kicked the door open, and you don't get mad at the first light bulb. You're glad they're light bulbs. For me, there's it's kind of like the old Hollywood thing. Where as much as I like westerns, there's also like I don't really get a lot of pleasure from watching like Jan Wayne westerns. You know? No, of course. I mean, like, like that's I, kind of what it what that, the, that the Long like Goodbye. I think is an objectively better movie than the Maltese Falcon. Yes. Um. We'll see. But, I mean, it's better if you know if you have knowledge of the Maltese Falcon. True. But, but still. But he heaps praise on that, and he starts. 
it's he starts talking about the kind of like the way that Hammett started describing crime because again before this the old British pop bar took mm-hmm. place in drawing rooms yes two dimensional characters aristocrats and lords and ladies and people with titles the and butler was the butler the butler was the butler and everyone yeah everyone and that's was all you'd have to know incredibly two dimensional it was like the same characters and whatnot yeah whereas like Hammett basically took it to the quote unquote streets mm-hmm. um and he made he basically he said he like he said in humanity and realism he put murder in the hands of humans yeah which is wonderful and uh and it like as he said that like people get so wrapped up in the kind of intricacies and the puzzling of of uh, mystery stories that they forget that murder is a horrible thing you do to somebody yeah murder (laughs) is not like the the simple art of murder murder should not be a series of like i don't know uh rube goldberg devices murder is awful it's a terrible thing and people have it oh here's another little bit i actually want to read for you okay um this pertains to another thing uh here um the poor writer is dishonest without knowing it and the fairly good one can be dishonest because he doesn't know what to be honest about he thinks a complicated murder scheme which baffles a lazy reader will won't be bothered itemizing the details will also baffle the police whose business is with the details the boys at their feet on the desk know that the easiest murder case in the world to break is the one somebody tried to get very cute with the one that really bothers them is the murder somebody only thought of two minutes before he pulled it off yes uh, thank you very much, Gabriel. Because that, yeah, that that's like the one-two punch of uh, of 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 yeah, some really solid bits in this. Yeah. Um. So very. Uh. uh yeah. That like connects the dots between like Glass Key and the Friends of Eddie Coyle. Exactly. Yeah. And uh. And yeah. So much. So much of this also is like right in like. I mean, probably everybody will feel like this if, when they read this. Mm-hmm. But it's like wow, this is this is at the center of so much stuff that I've been like digesting lately. Yeah. Um, we, we like crime fiction for a lot of fiction. It's not even necessarily crime fiction. Like for example, people fiction. Well, right, right now, Gabriel, you might have noticed I was I've actually finally got into the show that everyone that uh, Mine Hunters, this game that people oh, have yeah. been losing their minds about for I gotta several get into years, that. and I'm like super late in 2019. But like, hey, this show called Mine Hunters. Yeah, you guys hear about this? Nice, really cool. Although the second season just came. When did the first season come out? 2017. I, uh, 2017 sounds right. Maybe 2016. I don't know. I think. So. But like, yeah, like it. The uh, there's a very interesting historical perspective of like crime being growing in complexity because all of a sudden crime became random it became rage mm. it, it wasn't about it wasn't like these things or whatnot and like sure enough yeah Chandler's time about this where it's like yeah cr- uh, cops have a hard time predicting things that don't have motive and also yeah. just like happen in a heartbeat mm-hmm. but like yeah these intricate as he calls them cute yeah uh, 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 kind mm-hmm. of like stylings of murder are like very obvious yeah, yeah. I mean so. which, what, what do you learn when you start writing about um, I, I love detective fiction obviously mm-hmm. the first thing you learn is one of these scum here's how you plot a crime who benefits you like if you can find out who benefits from the crime there's probably some kind of gas bag long-winded reason why what's unsolvable is the random murder out of nowhere yes the two-minute <sighs> murder the two-minute murder yeah mm-hmm so like yeah that's int- and also on top of this you know I'm kind of reading about certain uh, uh, modernist writers and whatnot and uh, you know uh, he wrote this in like the the 40s uh, yeah, published in the 50s yeah. Uh, so much people don't really talk about this anymore that much but back then you found a lot of especially American uh, writers talking about truth mm. when it comes to good writing. You know, the, the infamous thing, the infamous thing, I'm going to say infamous about everything. Uh, Hemingway wrote was that like, uh, like the, all a good author, all a good writer needs to do is write down one truthful thing yeah, or something. And like everybody, everybody else at the time kept talking about good writing and truth. Yeah, and another Hemingway quote in this one too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He, he gets a name drop as does our old buddy. 
Who? Sherwood Javi Anderson. Javi. Javi. With some other names I didn't recognize. Yeah, there's a lot of like contemporary names. You're like, like apparently like yeah. like Philo, whatever his face, like a very famous detective back then. A.A. <laughs> Milne, author of Winnie the Pooh, apparently wrote a famous murder mystery. That's the same person? A.A. Milne. Really? Yeah. I did uh, draw that connection. Yeah, I had no idea. I even looked up that book online. Yeah, the Red I, House mystery. It did not. It did not really. Can we look? Really? Yeah. Sir? Okay. I, mean, I will. I will triple check this. But A. A. Milne is the author of that. Okay. Wow. A. A. Milne. Yeah. Um. He, uh. Chandler very much specifically. Uh. <clears throat> yeah. Al- Alan Alexander Milne, creator of the Winnie the Pooh, also wrote the Red House mystery. Red House mystery. Yeah. Which uh basically just made gets made an example of and and uh, by Chandler in this yeah. essay. Also, there's another one in there that I was curious about, like uh, like Trent's last case, which is supposed to be some, the best one. Something like that. Yeah. Uh. He, but yeah, the I just want to say that at the end he starts talking about how Hammett brought like crime into what he would call a more realist kind of yeah. thing. Um, which, of course, you know, by his definition, that's kind of murky because essentially mm-hmm. it's like, well, all writing is technically is like realist, but like not necessarily yeah. real. I mean, it's, it's bring, bring, as you said, bringing it back in the hands of humans yes. that people are no longer one dimensional, two dimensional characters. The butler is not just the butler. The butler is a tortured human being who had reasons. Yes, exactly. Not just the Lord betrayed me. Yeah, something like that. Whatever. Some stuffy reason. But and then he starts and then he basically almost starts rambling. Mm-hmm. About like his ideal hero. First, he's talking about. I thought he was talking about like Hammett's character. Yeah, I mean, he is. And he isn't. He is. Sam Spade basically is Philip Marlowe. Yeah, and then he base, but like as he keeps going on and on and on and on and about continental it, op, he kind of he kind of segues and and you're like, oh, he's talking about like his own idealized hero. Like, yeah. the, like I'm sure. Uh, uh Marlo. and honestly i don't have the you you probably might know this a little better i don't have the the knowledge to compare uh sam spade with philip Marlowe. i don't know what the virtually the same i don't know the similarities or the differences um if anything sam spade is a little more cynical nice that's cool yeah hammett yeah i mean like like uh uh chandler clearly like worshipped hammett he learned his tricks from him I guess so, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I have one last paragraph I want to read for you, Daniel, which I think is kind of like the summary of the whole thing. Right, then we should go on break because I feel like we're going a little bit long. Well, we're involved. The game of, the game is going to be so much fun. You're going to love it. Great. So here's basically, I think, the paragraph that kind of sums up everything we're talking about. Again, guys, this is available for free online. It's a short, brisk read. If you like lit if you like lit criticism, I mean, you're listening to the show, so I hope you do. Also, if you love uh, or have an interest in both Raymond Chandler and detective slash mystery stories, mm-hmm. yeah, this is... This is like up your butt. <laughs> <laughs> I was I, I I my mouth formed the word butt and uh-huh. I stopped myself. I fucking beat you to it. And you beat me to it. Gabriel, honestly, I raced, didn't want to step I, on I your butt. I beat you to the bottom. Yeah, I beat me to it. Solid. That wasn't a pun. So here's the last thing. <laughs> the average detective story is probably no worse than the average novel, but you never see the average novel. It doesn't get published. The average or only slightly above average detective story does. Not only is it published, but it is sold in small quantities to rental libraries and it is read. I don't know if that's still true. Mm-hmm. There are even a few optimists who buy at the full retail price of $2 because it looks so fresh and new, and there's a picture of a corpse on the cover. And the strange thing is that this average, more than middling, dull, pooped out piece of utterly unreal mechanical fiction is not terribly different from what are called the masterpieces of the art. It drags on a little more slowly, the dialogue a little grayer, the cardboard out of which the characters are cut is a shade thinner, and the cheating is a little more obvious, but it is the same kind of book. Whereas the good novel is not at all the same kind of book as the bad novel. It is about entirely different things. But the good detective story and the bad detective story are about exactly the same things, and they are about them in a very much the same way. There are reasons for this too, and reasons for the reasons there always are. 
Yeah, again, just listen to that. Thoughtful, like, clever, straight face, funny. like black humor pooped yeah. out. Come yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Uh, but no, uh, that was another thing I really remember from this, like him just saying like the average detective fiction book is hardly any different from the average like yeah. like re- like serious novel, but the se- average serial novel doesn't get published. And like one that. last thought if I can. Yes, go ahead. This is kind of what you want to compare to today's arguments, if you not to bring in Scorsese and Irishman these days. It's that talk about like... It's hard to tell the difference between a shitty superhero movie and a good one. There are basic steps that we all follow the shades of, but you know a good one when you see one, and you should hopefully know the difference between a bad one, but the good ones and the bad ones always make money. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day, because money's money's money. Mm-hmm. And even the bad ones make a lot of money. Yeah, and the bad ones make a lot of money. Venom? Venom, I think, Venom, I think made a billion dollars. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> a, a cognizant teenager, like an adolescent, could tell the difference between um, what's a ve- what's what's a very oh, between Winter Soldier and Venom? Hmm. Can they say what's bad and what's good about each one? Probably not. But I think what Chandler's saying is we should know. It's all escapism, but the better one should stand out because of realism of character. Yeah. And on that, Gabriel, time for a game. I think we need to go a break. Oh, I should get wine. Yeah, I need to get more water. Gabriel, <laughs> we're gonna go a break. We come back. We're gonna play a literary game that you're gonna fucking love. Cool beans. All right, give us a break. Boom. Welcome back. Hello, everyone. Dear listener readers. We still love you. Too. You are one pathetic loser. Slow, Slow readers. readers. It's fast way. It's literature podcast. Brought to you by Top Gallon Radio. Brought by Top Gallon Radio and books. And, and barks. <laughs> Gabriel. Yeah. I have a game for you. Totes. So, Gabriel. Okay. L- last time. I believe like exactly last time we played a little game called Rattle and Honey. Where basically you had me, mm-hmm. uh, you read a quote and you and I had to guess whether that was a poem from uh, Instagram poet. Uh, <laughs> fuck's her name? <laughs> Ruby Carr. Ruby Carr. Or uh, by the- Who's so pretty, by the way. By the uh, Instagram uh, singer song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So- singer of U2, uh, Bono. Paul Hewson. Is that his actual name? Yes, Paul okay. Hewson. Yeah, here's it. Okay, never mind. Yes. Um, Gabriel, uh-huh. I'm going to play a version of that. Okay. With you. Okay. But it's not with Ruby Carr. Okay. It's with a dude. Is it R.H. Sign? R.H. Sin. Sin Sign? Sin. Let me actually, you know, I should have researched that. Let Let's me look this out. up real quick. Gabriel, I'm going to, and I, okay, this is where it's going to be a lot of fun. Okay. I'm going to read a quote, and you're going to tell me uh-huh. whether that's a quote from R.H. Sign. Okay. Sin, Another Instagram poet who's conceivably worse. Who doesn't have a fucking Wikipedia page. He doesn't? (laughs) That motherfucker. we're fucked. All right. So uh, it's either going to be him or or it's going to be legendary detective writer Raymond Chandler. Wow. Oh, no. I'm going to look like a fool. Gabriel, I'm going to make you look like such a fool. Okay. Because you know what? I accept. Uh, Arch Sign writes a similar kind of- Hard-boiled-ish kind of thing. He, it's a mixture between like super positive speaking directly to women, telling them it's like, listen, you're strong. Yeah. On a page. Mm-hmm. Um, and also some of it can, comes off as kind of hard boiled. Yeah. There's a bit more of an edge to his kind I of I recall thing. that. Yeah. So Gabe, and, a dude. and Gabriel, as I said, Raymond Chandler is kind of like a hard boiled detective poet. Okay. So I'm going to have you guess. Okay. Whether what I read is either R.H. Sin. Okay. Or possibly sign. I don't know. Sure. Or. Raymond Chandler. What's the game called, Daniel? Uh, Chandler Sin R H. Sure. R and R. R and R. 
Yeah. R and R Chandler. Sure. R and R and Chandler. Okay. There you go. He's a detective. He's an old man. He, he, he is without that. sin. Gabriel? Yep. I have 10 because they were really fun. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I, I took out the ones just now that I realize are going to be like super obvious, but this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to love this. I'm going to love this so much. All right. Gabriel? Okay. Go ahead. Are you ready to I'm play? S- I'm ready. R and R and Chandler. Sure. All right. First one. Mm-hmm. Music. The streets were dark with something more than night. Oh, that's... Wait, is, is that the entirety of an R.H. Sin poem? It's either the... It's either... Okay, I should have said, it is either an R.H. Sin poem that I basically... I just restructured as a sentence. Like, I'm reading as a... Instead of, like, at, like giving it the pauses, okay. I'm just reading as a sentence, I mean. Okay. Uh, but I'm not changing anything about it. Okay. Or it's a sentence or two from a novel or something that Raymond Chandler said. <laughs> okay, re- what was it again? The streets were dark with something more than night. I'm going to say that has more of a narrative to it. I'm going to guess that's Chandler. I guess that's Chandler. Yes. Right, final answer. Yeah. Duh. Winning. So yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> that is Raymond Chandler. You found a negative way to tell me I won? Uh, you're winning, <laughs> dude. Yeah. It's like, hey, fuck face. Good job. Like, oh. It's like, hey, fuck face. Good job. Hey, moron. You did it. Like, Oh. Gabriel, that is right, and cool. I I think by the end you're one, you're gonna get like 100 grasp on who is who. Okay, but I think it's gonna take a little bit of a learning curve, and I okay. think and okay. that's there's ten of them. Okay, next one. Mm-hmm. She she held on to him and witnessed her future rot away. His love was death presented as something beautiful. That should be R H sin. That should be yes. Final answer. Yes. Yeah! Gabriel, that is right. That is R.H. Sin. Okay, okay. <laughs> you see what I mean? I do, <laughs> it, yes. Like, it's, it's right on the edge. There. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, if, if Chandler wrote that, I'd be like, was that one of his earliest ones? <laughs> there's like there's like an extra... Did he just go through a breakup? An extra word in there that didn't necessarily belong. Mm-hmm. The more purple it is, I'm going <laughs> to guess it's Sin. It's only slightly more purple. It's not, yeah. It's not that bad. But anyway, moving on. Sure. Number three. Okay. I should say. Okay. So many strong women began as broken girls. Okay, that's definitely R.H. Sin. That's definitely R.H. Sin. That's definitely R.H. Sin. Sure. It has to be. Yes. Gabriel, that is right. That is R.H. Sin. Okay, okay. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Number four out of ten. Okay. You're, you're doing well. Three. Yeah, three, three for, for three. three. So far. Number four. I'm guessing you're going to get harder. Throw up into your typewriter every morning. Clean up every noon. Every noon? Yes. Oh. Throw up into your typewriter every morning. Clean up every noon. Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to guess that's Chandler. You're going to guess that's Chandler. Final answer. Yeah. Yes. Gabriel, that is right. That is Raymond Chandler. I really, like, that was, <laughs> like, that was a real 50-50. Uh-huh. That could have easily been an RH sin. Him trying to, like, teach you how to write. Also, um... So far, I haven't. I don't have any. Wow, I don't know. Okay, some of them will have like the actual the source where they came from. This one was clearly like him talking about writing in general. Yeah, you know, I'm sure. All right. So moving on, number five, you're four for four. And they call it a vomit draft for a reason. Gabriel, number five. Yep. Are you ready? I am. Get strap on your butt. Okay. All right. I was as hollow and empty as the spaces between the stars. Hmm. Gabriel, was that Raymond fucking Chandler or R. H. fucking Sin? I'm gonna get. I think that's sin. 
Are you going to get sitting? Like, that that sounds a little too, like, actively lonely for mm-hmm. Chandler. I'm going to say that's sin. I guess that's sin. Final yeah. answer? Uh, yeah. Really? That was Raymond Chandler. From what? From The Long Goodbye. Oh, man. Gabriel, oh, remember, you're still doing amazing. This is yeah. four at five. Yeah, okay. Right. But, you know. Halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I just gotta have. I gotta. I got two more to win. Again, some of them like that was like the perfect one where it's like it's like you know what that doesn't sound like. Sound yeah. Like the other one. Okay. Moving on, number six. Okay. A good life, good sleep, a good man. Is that Raymond Chandler? That's it. Or R H Sin. What was it again? <clears throat> a good life, good sleep, a good man. See, now you're in my head. Okay, um... That doesn't seem like enough to be just a poem. I know it would suck if that's just a poem. But then I haven't liked the single one of Ari Sin's poems. It seems like it could be just a random excerpt from Chandler. Let's say that's Sin. Say that's Sin. Final answer? Yeah. Yes! Gabriel, that is correct. That that's is a poem? Right, sin. Come on, man! <laughs> I really had to hold back from laughing when he said, that's not. That's too short to be a poem. Yeah. And I was like... <laughs> yeah. That's, no, like, that's like, the, yeah. Like these are these are like the, these read like an eighth grader trying to be deep. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm like I'm furious at somebody. Like I I have, I had that thought. I wrote those words down. Then I deleted them because they were trite and stupid. Gabriel, you should have Instagrammed it. Honestly, moving on. I should have. I'd be rich. Moving on. You would be. You think he's rich? Number seven. I mean, Ruby Carr is rich. This uh, number seven. You got five out of six right so far. Yeah. Right, moving on. Number seven. Okay. Some women fear the fire. Some women simply become it. Okay. That could be... I could see that as a terrible RH Sin Instagram. But I could also see that being a bit of excellent hard-boiled dialogue. It could be. Like, a character would say that. I don't think that... But like, you can also see it Instagrammed. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think, like, Marlo would say that out loud. I think, like, a character would be like, Careful, Reek! She, her body is like fire, Reek! <laughs> um... Rick wasn't that's Casablanca. <laughs> that was Casablanca. Yeah, Peter Laurie was in like, like we all think Sam. No, the Falcon is mine. Was Peter Laurie ever in a? Uh, no, he was in the Big Sleep. He wasn't was in Big he? Sleep. Yeah, okay. He yeah. was the gay. He was gay in that. Yeah, there's a whole biggest big bit of subtext there where there's a you know you know like here's a sidebar I wanted to talk about really quickly before <laughs> okay. I answer the question. <laughs> so Daniel, I don't know if you know this, Bruce Lee's first appearance in a Hollywood film was in a Marlowe adaptation. Uh-huh. It was the movie Marlowe um, starring James Garner as Marlowe. It was an adaptation of The, uh, the Little Sister. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, Bruce Lee plays like the muscle who walks into Marlowe's office and was like, Marlowe, back off. And then he wrecks his office and then he walks away. And then they like it cut to the future, end of the movie almost, and they're at a restaurant on a rooftop restaurant or something like that. And like Bruce Lee is threatening Marlo, like with karate kicks, being like, I told you to back off, man. Kung uh-huh. Fu kicks, not karate kicks. And then right when Marlo's on the edge, he's like, I don't know, Bruce Lee. Seems Winslow Wong. Uh-huh. I don't know, Bruce Lee. That seems a little gay of you. And cuts to Bruce Lee's face going, You son of a bitch. <laughs> then he does a flying kick, misses and falls off the roof. <laughs> and I just raised my brow like, really? Like, like the gay threat? You know what? That, um, <laughs> that passed for a moment. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like how also that just reminds me how like Arnold Schwarzenegger's first Hollywood role, uh, uh, Hollywood role was- ban- Whatever? <laughs> no. Hercules Goes Bananas? Well, uh, no, it's Hercules in New York. Um, mm. Well, it might have been that, but also he played one of his very first, like, let's say- Pumping major. Iron? 
yet. No, God, stop saying that. Sorry. <laughs> one of his first major appearances, one of his first appearances in a major Hollywood film was yeah. in The Long Goodbye. He oh, was a yeah. he was a random muscle as well. I forgot about that. that. Yeah. That's <laughs> he, so good. He kept throwing things in there. That's a great <laughs> like, movie. It's like, New York. I'm like, no, no, no. It's the other <laughs> thing. And you're like, yeah, pumping iron. I was like, no, what? That's what I do. Um, um sorry. What was the poem again? Okay. Or line? Sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, some women fear the fire. Some women simply become it. That's Archson. That's Archson. Final answer. Yes. You don't look too confident. No, I don't. Yes. Gabriel, that was right. That was R H Sin. All right, I think I, I won the game, but let's let's six, go for six out of seven. Let's go for the silver. Yeah. This, okay, so you're at number eight right now. So out of seven so far, you got six right. Great. That's really good. Okay. Let's see how fucking good you can. Okay. Let okay. Let's see how good you do now. Sure. Pumping iron. <clears throat> All right. Pumping iron. Pepsi. Hercules. <laughs> Pepsi. <laughs> go on. All right. Sorry. <clears throat> number eight. Sure. There is no bad whiskey. There are only some whiskeys that aren't as good as others. I think that's Chandler. Is that Chandler? That's Chandler. Are you, sh- are you sure? I'm like anything? 78% sure. Okay. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. R.H. Sin isn't that good. <laughs> Although, um, R.H. Sin's uh, books are called like Whiskey in a Shovel. Okay. So I figured, I was, I was thinking like you. Sure. Were, Everything you you've to. told me about R.H. Sin so far sounds like your second draft. It's like you had a- you had Harris a, Whittled's twaft, uh, Dritter Twaft? Twitter drafts. Twatter oh. drafts. Exactly. It's like, okay, you had a neat image. You tried it. You're like, whiskey death. No, whiskey in a shovel. And a better writer goes, no, that's that's not good. What's the, what's the, what, how do I say this, but subtly and actually artistically? There, there is something, I, I think there's, it almost warrants an, an examination to like the popularity of these writers because they are, like, you can get those Ruby Car books in like, uh, fucking, what do you call it? Like American Apparel or whatever. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's... You have to wonder. Anyway, moving on. Gabriel? Yep. So, so far out of eight, you've gotten seven right. Okay. Last two. Pumping iron. The only downfall of having a good heart is that you're constantly looking for angels inside of demons, and they wonder why the good knows only so much pain. Let me say it again. And they wonder why the good knows so much pain. Sorry, so holding again? The only downfall of having a good heart is that you're constantly looking for angels inside of demons, and they wonder why the good knows, o- knows so much pain. I keep, I keep wanting to put the word only in there. Uh-huh. Sorry. So is that Raymond fucking Chandler or, Ray, or Raymond Sin? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's Chandler. Think that's Chandler? I do. Final answer? Yeah. Shit. Gabriel, that unfortunately was R.H. Sin. All right. All right. All right. It, it felt longer. It felt like, like a... Like, like that will be the very end of a book. Yeah. Also, clearly, that's two sentences and not a poem. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fair point. Also, it ends with an annoying ellipses. Oh, which come makes on, you just be man. like, like what? No, just don't put a whatever. Yeah, just yeah, right. don't. Just come on, man. Gabriel, are you ready? Sure. Yeah. I'll learn. Last one. So, mm-hmm. out of nine, you've gotten seven right. Okay. Let's see if you can make that into a into an ocho. A bronze medal. Get ready. Okay. Number ten. Yep. You talk too damn much, and too damn much of it is about you. Hmm, that's a tricky one. Gabriel, is that Raymond Chandler, or is it R. H. Motherfucker Sin? I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say that's Chandler. Guys, you think that's a final? Is that a final answer? It is. Yes, I could hear like Bogart saying that. Gabriel, that is from The Big Sleep. Yes. 
Also, can I just read? I have like three other ones. They're really fun. No, the go Sh- ahead, please. A, a lot of the, the Chandler ones, let's say. Okay. Uh, I think they're a little more noticeable because clearly R.H. Sin, he knows his audience. He's only writing positive thing about women, whereas Chandler can be very cutting with his words. Sure. Such I as, mean, the, the, the rigor of that time was misogyny. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, here's a fun one. <laughs> okay. Uh, from 30 feet away, she looked like a lot, a lot of class. From 10 feet away, she looked like something made up to be seen from 30 feet away. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Also, oh, also in the actual game, I actually had the quote that you said that was Ryan's favorite. Mm-hmm. And like, and the moment said, I'm like, I need to cut that out of the game. <laughs> That's great. All right. Mm-hmm. Two more. Uh, here's a good one. It seemed like a nice neighborhood to have bad habits in. That's good. That's from the big sleep. Yeah. One final one uh, that we're going to close this off. The girl gave him a look which ought to have stuck at, uh, stuck at least four inches out of his back. Cool. Yeah. That is from The Long Goodbye. Yeah, I think I've said it before in this show. One of my favorite lines in the history of cinema is from The Big Sleep, where uh, at some point, where, you know, like the, the, the colonel's like promiscuous daughter like comes on to Bogart way too hard. Mm-hmm. And then Bogart's talking to the colonel being like, it's like, have you met, like the colonel says, have you met my youngest daughter? And Bogart says, yeah, she, said, she tried to sit on my lap while I was standing up. Like, that's so good yeah that's good yeah gabriel good job that's yeah a that's a bronze yes yeah. again like i was trying to confuse you so you did a good job we're not con- we're not honestly comparing chandler and uh, the qualities of chandler with rh sin because yeah. rh sin you no, that was, that was good eagle try eye. a little harder yeah <laughs> that's it try a lot harder gabriel uh let's well, let's start to break when we come back we're gonna do final thoughts hazy memories talk about what we're gonna do next and then plugs yep yep all right gabriel throw us a break okie dokie And we're back. Hi, everyone. To America's Fast-Paced Literature Podcast. Slow readers at your service. Brought to you by Topic on Radio. Conversation here is always about Bix. Always on Bix. Always on Bix. Always on Dix. Boiled goose. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it sure is, Jesus isn't it? Christ. All right. Gabriel. Yeah. So now is the, our favorite part of the thing to do. We it do is. a little thing called... Uh, Final uh, Thoughts. Final Thoughts. Gabriel, it's getting kind of weirdly warm in here. It's quite warm. It's quite warm in here all mm-hmm. of a sudden. Uh, yeah, again, like it's in November and all of a sudden we're going to have a random like 90 degree day tomorrow. Yeah, I put my comforter on my bed and I was, that's just dumb. Yeah, um, I've I've been back. Let's just talk about this for 30 minutes. So like- I mean, the nights are still cold. The nights are still very cold and it, I'll wake up sometimes and be like, it's too cold. I really need to put on the comforter. Yeah, I do wake up in the middle and I have to close my window. And then like- and then yeah, and then and then and then we're just gonna have warm weather again. So it's like I don't know. Do people around here just constantly take their comforters off and on? I'm sure they've acclimated. Like already, I'm a, a so fun fact. My brother and sister in law are in town this week, and they showed up at my door um yesterday night in like shorts and t shirts <laughs> and it's like flip flops, and I was like, oh my god, aren't you cold? And they're like, what are you talking about? It's freezing in Pennsylvania. This is so warm. Yeah. It's We've like, already acclimated. It's like 50 degrees over there. And that's like kind of nice and cool. And it's mellow. Here, it's like it's like below 80 and we're the freezing. We're like, oh my God, I need a coat. Yeah, I know, it's crazy. So, Gabriel, speaking we're of We're almost which, Angelinos, Daniel. Speaking of which, time to talk about Raymond fucking Car. What's his name? That's a great Chandler. Name. That's a great idea for a show. Now, almost Angelinos. Almost Angelinos. About two- um, Gotta make it. About two people who arrive in- 
Los Angeles and do everything they can on a list that makes you a real Angelina. I also hate LA because it's a fucked up city. Yeah, God, <laughs> this city makes no sense. It isn't. Gabriel, speaking of speaking of LA, let's move to San Diego. Uh, so final thoughts, Gabe. Gabriel. Yeah. So yeah, you wanted to. You probably said this already, but again, like, why did you decide for us to read this specifically? Well, it's been burning a hole in my iPhone for one that I'm. Uh, I've always wanted to read it, and I want to find something short. And and as I've said before, I'm not good at picking short stories because I don't read any mm. and I, that's why I've gone through like my entire catalog of like Saunders and I don't want to pick another Juno Diaz and I just got a copy of Kate Pan's um, Awakening which I want to do next time I have a short pick but I don't have very good short picks yeah, and I remembered I had this wonderful essay that I've always wanted to read and I do enjoy talking like film th- like, film sorry lit theory with you mm-hmm. and I think it was for interesting conversation you and I are two very different kinds of writers. So. True. And uh, but no, you should have actually picked another Juno Diaz because it's been like a long time since we did that Juno Diaz story. It has, hasn't yeah. it? So Negocios. So, <clears throat> Negocios. And there's the other one that you wanted to uh, do for a while. Um, I wanted to do the title story of This Is How You Lose Her. Yeah, there you go. That's a very good short story. Wait, what? That's what it's called? I thought it was from, is that uh, his other short story collection? Yeah. And, um, what does he do? Uh, what do you mean? Juno Diaz. Let's talk about Juno Diaz for 30 minutes. Well, let's not talk about the dark stuff. <laughs> Gabriel. So, like, moving on. I actually don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Let's not no, but you talk should, about should, If I had to pick another one, I'd pick the title story to This Is How You Lose Her. It's a story told in second person, which he does very well. That's interesting. I love that. Gabriel. Uh, so, yeah, final thoughts. Yes, Daniel. Do you have anything final you want to say? Not about... really. This is a great read. I'm glad I finally did it. I love thinking about detective fiction that if I could be a successful novelist in any genre, I might want to write detective stories because... I mean, not to not to take the wrong lesson from this. It's it's fucking you, you print your own money. Mm-hmm. You it, it's just it's formula. It's tactic. But if you're truly good at what you do, you you do a formula and you make a human story in it anyway. And clearly, you can, and clearly you can make a career out of being an average mystery writer. Let alone yeah. if you're actually good at it. Exactly. So, so yeah, because again, like yeah, you you have and, and to this day. I mean, again, like. Westerns were insanely popular, but no one reads Westerns anymore. They're really. still in the Barnes and Noble. They're still at Barnes and Noble, sure, but Which like they're, they're usually like older generations are the more niche. I mean, yeah. compared to what they happen and compared to the other genres, mm-hmm. science fiction used to be like an absolute trash genre. Yeah, people hate it. And like now, like it is like the crowning achievements of like all and all forms of genres and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And the same thing kind of goes with fantasy, where that kind of goes up and down. Where Lord of the Rings was like this. Uh, was this colossal achievement of like literature that was completely brand new then we've had what half a decade of like imitators that have told that same kind of story but mystery and detective novels have always been around in some form or another let me ask you what is um well in a a wider sense in all of history what is the most highly literarily celebrated work of mystery and detective fiction ever and what do you think has it been in the last like 50 years that's a good question Uh, you worked in bookstores longer than I have True. Well, I worked at a bookstore briefly. And I worked it, at a fake and bookstore. It, and it was, yeah, so was mine. Nah. <laughs> so, so was mine because I went there thinking like, I work at a bookstore and then nobody cared about the books there. Yeah, it was all about the video games. It was all about the video games and like some creepy dudes who were like super into like the rare D&D books. Where's the hentai? <laughs> uh, almost. I mean, like, I think Agatha Christie, like, and then there were none, like Springs Eternal. <laughs> I probably told the story online. Okay. But uh, I remember at some point, um, some, like a, a nice woman came by and was asking for, for like the Agatha Christie books. Sure. And I showed her where they were. And like, this is years ago, right? Um, And she was like, she's like, oh, I'm looking for it. And then there was none. That's their popular one, right? I'm like, yeah, right. And you know what the original title is. And she went, no, what is it? And I went, 
damn it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, like after this, I was like, oh, this isn't fun. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, well, you don't have to go to the, to the original title. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, well, th- then, I don't know. Then, uh, yeah. Regardless, it was a sticky situation where I was either going to say something like, kind of just being yourself like, in? Yeah. I'm going to say 10 little Indians or or like something in which she's going to be like, why yeah. is that interesting? I'm like, yeah. it's not. I Let's mean, move on. <laughs> yeah, like the amazing BBC miniseries starring Poldark um, did, and Charles Dance, they did one. It's very good. And also, um, uh, congrats to um, uh, to friend of the show, Shawnee B. Horny, for appearing in a theatrical adapt- um, uh, production of And Then There Were None. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Shawnee B. Horny. Yeah. Shawnee B. We'll Horny get to him in a minute. Murders. But um, answer, your, answer my question. Simil- similarly, years. also, uh, Sabotage was an adaptation of uh, And Then There Were None. I am sure it was. It's, one of the, it's honestly one of the most violent movies I've ever seen. Like, I'm not Shockingly interested. violent. <laughs> Like, like, even with my sensibilities, I'm like, I'm like, that movie was fucking harsh. Wow. Sure. I'm sorry. What was the question? So, <laughs> oh um, yeah, what is the great? Okay. Yeah. Well, um, what, like, what's the last celebrated work of detective uh, and mystery fiction that the literati has like embraced? Honestly, you know what? Probably most definitely is actually probably Mystic River. That's a very good example. I, I think. Uh, like I, I'm trying to think about something that old. was like the peak of Lahaine. Like there's that you can say. Um. Uh. 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 uh oh my God. <laughs> what? Uh, the spy who came in from the cold, obviously. Sure. Which it was a mystery story, but also like it. It was kind of segueing into like the the spy detectives novel or yeah. whatever. But yeah, it, it was all the same thing. But like that was also insanely popular, and also. Eh, no, not really. No, but like. And the Mystic River is like the right answer. I think like that was the last yeah. bit of like theoretically pot boiler like detective fiction that was still highly embraced by like the literary masses it, totally it was i mean also on top of this it also uh like started a wave again that we're, we're still feeling mm-hmm. um uh, uh uh our old buddy clint eastwood gillian flynn gilly flynn uh, i'm sorry i'm struggling with names gillian right fillion gillian flynn of course uh was highly influenced by mr griver uh paula hawkins uh author of uh the girl on the train train Girl in Cabin 10. Felt like, yeah. Woman in Cabin 10, sorry. Woman in, cab- woman in Cabin 10, the woman who fell from the train. There's another one that's out, the woman on the tracks or something was like that. Was there another one? Know. We should get CAC back in here to talk about an- yet another one. Uh, CAC, CAC, we love you, but we're not reading any more Ruth fucking Ware. <laughs> yeah, oh God, that was a bummer. Anyway, but, um, but no, what were like, your final those are all Those are all kind of like, base. those are all kind of like, that has that started something. And it was very much a mystery story. Yeah, it was absolutely. Just, it, it is. It's it, a detective story. It was It was a very interesting kind of thing. And maybe at some point we should even do it for the show. I would love to. You know, I love Dennis Lehane. Uh, yeah. We still have to do um, Daniel Take My Hand. Well, how about this? Do you have an answer for that besides Mystic River? I do not have one. Okay. I've, I, I was genuinely curious because I couldn't think of one. Okay. Maybe like um, Into the Woods by um, uh, uh, what's her name? Tara French. Tara, Tana French? Tana French, sorry. Yeah, no, um, I, I started reading that. Never finished it. Fucking tremendous. Yeah. It, it's very much like like your like, broad <clears throat> church. You're that, very, it's a procedural. And as popular as that was... That also, I think, was greatly... That might have even been included in the, the wave that came after yeah. Mr. Grover. I That's think so. for sure. Where, like, again... And again, we, we can have a greater discussion of this when we, if, if we do cover Mr. Grover. Yeah. But, like, yeah, it very much is... Yeah, anyway, sorry. Not, anyway, Daniel, your about. final thoughts on The Simple Art of Murder uh, by Raymond Chandler. Good. It did the job. It did. You know, it did it just fine. Yeah, you know, it was like a fart. It, just, it felt good and I was done with it. No, I mean, uh, honestly, I always find Raymond uh, Chandler's language slightly beyond me, even though it is plain spoken. It's ha- like, you have to reread a sentence every now it's, and then. Yeah, now and then. I mean, honestly, like even in the game and whatnot, some of his Michael sentences, Douglas? like they, they go so fast that like I kind of miss it. Uh huh. Or it's just like something rather. And I had to go like, what? Wait, and then wait, I went wait. back and I was like, like, oh, okay, that's clever. Shit. Yeah. But like. It, it, it's very strange and it doesn't 100% agree with me. It, 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 not agree with me. That's a weird way to say it. But sure. like, like my mind doesn't exactly click with it right away. I need to kind of like 
catch up and yeah then, you know agree. you can't speed read this it's a lot like for example reading like william faulkner who's like his language like i don't catch the tone of the his rhythm so but uh but yeah otherwise then i, I again i it's reading this makes me always go like why aren't i reading more with chandler like seriously you know. yeah i mean it's kind of like a classic in the sense that you you know you'll get around to it eventually I, I say that, but I'm still like, I don't know. Well, I have, good thing you and I have a fucking literature show. Yeah, no, it's a good fucking thing. We have thing. a two-man book club. If anyone wants to join our fucking two-man book club, who we've been read... begging this whole time. Yeah, who wants to read books with us? Johnny No Thumbs, we're calling you out. Gabriel. Yeah. Now is the favorite part of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, in reference to, uh, uh, and then there were none. Uh, 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 Superstar? Superstar. Shawnee B. Horny. Shawnee B. Horny. Also from the Whip Around Podcast. Mm-hmm. Gabriel. Yeah. Little thing we call hazy memories. Years from now, when yes. you remember having read this story, whose name I don't really remember, uh, can you tell us what will you be remembering? Uh, my hazy memory, courtesy of the Whip Around Podcast for all of your weird news needs. Welcome back, boys. It was glad to have you back. Welcome back, 100. Yeah, Hondo episodes. Give them a listen. They're a good time. I mean, um, we're 131, but you know, no one's counting. Yeah. No one's we're counting. counting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're almost at 150. That's pretty yeah, wild. Getting there. Gonna get there before then. <laughs> uh, unless we uh, go on long hiatus. <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> yeah, that'd be Sometimes. nice. Yeah, this, is, this, is, this is an exhausting show, guys. That's like, an inter- 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 Overdue doesn't read as fast as we do. Uh, well, they, yeah. I mean, they, they obviously switch up who's reading books. Yeah. We're going to read Anna Karenina. I'm looking forward to it, but that's a long time. Daniel, I think we're going to do what we did at Boys and Wood in another sense that all of December, let's do first of the week, Anna Karenina, two weeks of uh, what's it called? Short, of short stories. Last week, hopefully finish Anna Karenina. If not, we continue in January. Yeah, God damn it. I mean, I, I, I insist you read that thing. Also, uh, I might have us read uh, In the Country of Lost Things, but we'll get to that in a moment. I don't know if that is. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm, I will remember from this always. Um, I love that final paragraph, which is basically his manifesto about what a what a hero is. Uh-huh. Love that, and like you, you you read that and you see Elliot Gould and Humphrey Bogart as men of honor striding in a corrupt world who are not untarnished, but they're honorable. They're men and women. I mean, yeah, but um, unfortunately, not as common. But yeah, yeah, that and um, and there is a well and a. And the strange thing is that this average, more than middling, dull, pooped-out piece of utterly unreal <laughs> mechanical fiction. Yeah. Ah, uh, you're a fucking wizard. Good job. Gabriel? Yep. My hazy memory. Your hazy memory? There is that part. There is, like, there's two instances. A lot of them were actually the things that you had read, oh, honestly, cool. during Good. the thing, because those are the things that I remember that, yeah, like, uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, another one is that- A.A. Milne apparently s- wrote murder mysteries? Spe- also that, which I did not know. Um- Gabriel, the the one thing, as you said, like when he's like kind of ranting about like the the virtues of like the true hero that he respects, um, he said this one thing where it's like like he's I'm gonna paraphrase it, like if he's noble in one thing, he's noble in all of them. Yes, and that kind of personifies ag- again like Marlowe, like why you love Marlowe because even though he's cynical, bitter, and like he's very like just like uh, distanced from mm-hmm. everybody around him, he is a good man he's like he has like this and that maybe that's why we love like the kind of romanticism of him where he's like yeah this good man in a very bad world yeah it's romantic yeah that there's there's not he is not tarnished okay 
That's cool. That's that's, that's, what, a good I, that's time. what I gotta say. Gabriel. Uh huh. So what are we reading next week? <laughs> um, next week. You want me um, to pick so, something? Yeah, we um, we just the plan a little bit. I didn't realize that there was five weekends in November. So um, uh, next week, uh, because I realized that this whole week, this whole month's been my picks. Happy birthday month to me. Happy birthday. And say it's your birthday to you. So Daniel has a pick. He's doing a short story next week. The week after that, we're gonna be doing Anne of Green Gables. I'm very excited for that. Huh. Um, so Daniel, what are you picking for your short story? Uh, well, I don't know right now. Yeah, I mean, no. I'm going to pick something. We yeah, can, no. You just told me about this 10 minutes Shit. ago. <laughs> uh, no, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm honestly thinking, and I, 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 this sounds like me just going back to the old wells that I've been hitting up, uh-huh. but I, I might pick uh, a very specific short story written by Sherwood Anderson. Jobby. AKA Jobby himself. Um, that boy loves doing jobs. What should or, we call him? Or he, you know what? I, you know what I think we should call him? What'd you call him, Jed? Work boy. I love no 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 no. We can do better than work boy. Like what, Jobby? No, just work boy. Those, okay, work boy. Wait, wait, Jobby? Yeah, Jobby. Sorry, sorry. Jobby. sorry. No, I, I talked over you. Uh, or something else. You know, I might even I, I might even have you read uh maybe a a a, a couple. I don't know. Uh, there's there's a couple things I'm playing around with. Cool. But Gabriel, yeah. Now is the part of the show where we do something that we love to do. Do we? Which is a little thing I called just blowing the, the mic. Right the mic. Like my 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 nose huff of laughter. Gabriel, someone made fun of me for that the other day. <laughs> was it me? No, I was some. Like, I was working at the bar, and um, I I often bartend during open mic night, which is just a fucking. Just, I, guys, you're great, but goddamn, bartending that week in, week out is a terror. <laughs> and one of the open mic guys in the moment of flailing is like, ah, oh, I love that bartender. You know you're doing okay. He just goes, <laughs> <laughs> he, just like, he, like, he like does that that, no, that noise, that nose noise. Ugh. Go on, Daniel. That bad stand-up comedians. Yeah, thank God I'm out of that hole. Gabriel! Yeah! So, uh, yeah, plug. The bar was good. The, the night was the hole. <laughs> I like the bar. You plug. Um, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't done it already, please check out Self-Evident Asian America Stories. Um, it's a podcast. It's an Asian American um, documentary podcast about heritage. Uh, my episode is episode three, the talk you were supposed to have. I'm very proud of it. It's about my life and my life story. Um, it's featured on the AV Club, so check that shit out. Follow me on Instagram at read.richards. Read like reading a book. Daniel, tell them about our other show going on right now. Our other show going on right now is live. It's called Watchmen on the Clock. On the Gabriel, it's basically us following the... Who's us? Us, as in me, you, and a little lady known Katie and Catastrophe Commits. Katie the Catastrophe Zeitgeist Commits. Cack Attack Zeitgeist herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, she's joining us and basically following not only just the HBO show uh, Watchmen that's going on right now. Yeah, it's a great... Guys, if you haven't been watching it, watch Watchmen. Yeah, it's seriously fucking good. It's really good. Um, but also on top of this, uh, we're going to be also just talking about Watchmen in general because uh, the three of us are just at different levels of like like, n- like following the kind of Watchmen yeah. source and materials and whatnot. So yeah, it's it's super exciting and really fun. And uh, yeah. It's join, on Spotify now, us. right? Yeah, it's on Yeah, it's on Spotify. Fucking Spotify. That's why it goes goddamn <laughs> uh, That said, yeah, give that some follows. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Top Gun Radio and also on Instagram at Slow Readers. And to look at information on my books, my fiction out there, you can go to topgunradio.com forward slash press for, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, The Shadow from the Deep and also A Cook in the Kingdom. Hey. Both of which are available everywhere on ebook. And also you can get the paperback versions on Amazon. Do that. Uh, that's the end of the show. Cool. You can, you can cut it. Okay, bye. Bye. Uh... 
This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to topcountradio.com.